Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 151, interview with Jill Angie, certified running and life coach. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my gosh, I am so excited about today's episode. We have a special guest, Jill Angie. Jill Angie is a colleague. She's a certified running and life coach, and she's the host of the Not Your Average Runner, a running podcast. The Not Your Average Runner podcast teaches plus-sized midlife women practical ways to start running in the body they have right now. Jill Angie combines her real-life experience and coaching wisdom to help women find joy in learning to run in a way that honors their unique size, shape, speed, or age. You'll be surprised at how much you can enjoy running when you know how to do it. I am so excited for this conversation between Jill Angie and I today. There's so many correlations between learning how to run, establishing a running or an exercise routine, and learning how to drink less. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jill Angie. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. So, oh my gosh. So listeners, you all know that I love to run. And Jill Angie, when I first went through coach training, I became obsessed with um, finding other people that had like had the same training as me. And I found Jill Angie online and I read all about this book. What was the book that you wrote? Or you wrote a couple of books, right? I've written, I've actually written three kind of four but really three I wrote one and then reissued it under new a new name and then I have two others but the ones that are all like out there right now are all some version of not your average runner love it so yeah I found you as an author I think first and then um I became a little obsessed and started following you and you know I feel like we have so many similar contacts and acquaintances so I've been hearing a lot from you all that you want to hear more about running since I talk about it so frequently. And so I decided to have Jill on the podcast to kind of talk about running and the re- how, you know, overcoming your obstacles with running is very similar to overcoming obstacles with drinking. And we're just going to have a kind of a casual conversation. I've got some juicy questions I'm going to ask Jill. Yay. Yay. So um, the first question was like, we talked a little bit before we started about the mind management with running, right? So like, when I talk about over drinking and stopping over drinking and changing your relationship with alcohol, it's all about how you think about it, right? How you think about yourself, how you think about your relationship with alcohol and this like the story that you tell yourself. So I just want to kind of open up the dialogue about thinking about starting a running routine or maybe you used to be a runner and you, you had some kids or something changed in your life and you'd like to get back into running and how, you know, looking at your mind and how you think about yourself in your current body or your current history or any other things going on in your life and running and how that can be sometimes an obstacle. So we'll just kind of kick it off there. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, as you know, there's a ton of thoughts that can stop you from running and then an an equal number of thoughts that can get you started or get you back into it. And I think with 
new folks that are thinking about becoming a runner, the, the thought that needs to be overcome is usually something along the lines, at least with the, the women that I work with, I'm too fat, I'm too old, I'm too out of shape. I hate running. <laughs> That's a delightful thought. <laughs> I, I hate running. <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, like when you talk about how thought work can change everything, like if you're thinking to yourself, running is too hard for me, of course, you're going to feel maybe overwhelmed or defeated. And then your action is to not run and run. Ne- running never gets any easier versus thinking the thought, I wonder if I could just run for 20 seconds and see how that feels, which kind of makes you a little more curious. And then, Hey, you're going to get out there and run for 20 seconds and see how that feels. Right. And then the result is that you've taken a step towards becoming a runner. So for sure, there's, there's so, I think there's so much thought work that can be applied to starting a running practice or getting back to running uh, so and especially when you used to run and then the big thought that my, my, my customer or clients that, that are coming back to running, the big thought that they have is I used to be able to go this fast, or mm. I used to be able to run this far and I've lost so much. Mm. How will I ever start again? Right. And there's that whole story about, well, I used to be able to do this and now I can't, and I'm a total failure. And so there's a lot of work that can be done in that area Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that is, um, you know, really, really helpful. Cause those are the kinds of thoughts, of course, that block us from restarting running is thinking, comparing ourselves to how we were before and coming up short and feeling like why even bother? Right. Yeah. I love it. So for, for my perspective, and I'm not the expert, you definitely are. Do you feel like overcoming the mental blocks is the biggest obstacle versus like any physical blocks that you might have? Um, I think as long as you can have, believe some version of the thought, this might be a thing that I could do. Mm. Like once you can kind of overcome, like get yourself into that space of thinking, and starting is so much easier. And so the you don't necessarily need to overcome the whole block of I'll never be a fast runner or I'll never be a real runner. But, you know, if you can get to the space of I'm just going to run for 20 seconds, then like then then a lot of the obstacles become a lot lower, I yeah. guess. And then when we think about physical obstacles to running, really the only physical obstacle to running is your cardiovascular system. Mm. <laughs> like it's, it's literally, which is, you know, it's just like your you know, your ability to sustain uh, a certain pace for a certain amount of time is, is kind of the only physical limitation that most people have. I mean, some of us have injuries or, or different physical conditions that may impact us. And a lot of people are like, oh, being fat is a limitation. I'm like, I don't know. I weigh 250 pounds and I run all the time. Yeah. So pretty sure that's lie. That's a lie. Yeah. But I overcome the physical by just saying like, hey, just go out there and run for 15 seconds and then walk for a minute and then run for 15 seconds and then walk for a minute. And then that gives you sort of the confidence. It helps you build up that that thought ladder of maybe I can, this is a thing I can do. Oh, look, I'm kind of sort of doing it. Oh, wait, now I'm, I'm actually doing it, right? So it, it kind of gives us a, we make, make the obstacles small so that they're easier to jump over. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So for me, when I was running, I remember... Um, like when I was turning 30 years old and I had like dabbled with running in college and stuff, but I really kind of wanted to get serious with around 30. 
And I went out. I'm like, I'm just going to go around my neighborhood. And I started. I'm like, I'm like, I think I want to run. I felt like the, the desire to do it. And so I'm like, I'm just going to run from this sidewalk crack to the stop sign. That's how I did it in my head. So it was just like, yeah. I can see it, right? Like, it's not that far. It's, you know, I could probably walk it in 15 paces or something, you know? So I would do that around my neighborhood. And then the next day I would go, or the, you know, two days later, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go to the next crack after that stop sign. And then I'll get good at that. And then I added on another length. Like, and then by the time I finish it, maybe it took me a month or something, I did a three loop a three mile loop throughout the neighborhood and then I'm like okay now I got and then I signed up for a race and then you know but that's really yeah. how I I started it was more like I can just go from here to there <laughs> that's all I have to yeah. do is just like go from here to there and then I can walk the rest but it was like that consistency and going out and just like pushing myself just like a grain of sand further than I went before which was all I needed to get going yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it's just the minimum baseline, right? Yes. Like give yourself like a small amount that you know you can do. And then if you want to do more, totally do more. Yeah. But this is the amount that I like I um, on my own podcast, I call it the drama threshold. Like whatever it is that, you know, your brain is not going to get all like, you know, twisted up about <laughs> So for yeah. some people, right, but for some people, that's maybe running to the end of the driveway or running yeah. to the stop sign. And, you know, that's sort of the minimum baseline of like, okay, that's all, that's all I'm going to have a conversation about in my brain right now is this little part. And then I'll just like, let the rest happen how it may. Yes. I love that because, you know, if we think about what it takes to run a marathon from before we even go out the door or a half marathon or even a 5k, we're like, yeah. that's going to take a lot of work. That sounds like too much energy. What if I fail? Like we have all of those types of thoughts, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the recommendation, everyone is just like, take it. And that's why I tell my people to just like make yeah. a goal for this week. Just yeah. make a goal for this week that feels doable. And like, so you can start building that confidence. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I, that the, the other like, mindset thing that I used. So a couple years ago, I trained for the Philadelphia marathon. And when I first started training, I was like 26 miles that that is, too, I can't do that. Mm. But I realized I could always go one more step. And then I thought, okay, well, how many steps are there in a marathon, right? And so it's about 2000 steps in a mile times 26 miles. So about 50,000, 52,000 steps. I'm like, oh, so literally all I have to do is take one more step 50,000 times. And that seemed kind of big, but I was like, I can always take one more step a hundred times or 200 times. And when I think about, you know, a marathon or a 5k or whatever the distance is, is literally just one step, one step, one step. And I know, I believe in my heart of hearts, there will never be a time when I can't just take one more step. Like suddenly it's just so much easier because I'm only focusing on the very next thing I have to do, which is so minuscule yeah. <laughs> that it's like as good as done. There's just right? like no objection to that, right? Like your brain can't be like, oh my gosh, really? You can't do one more step. Yeah. yeah. So good. Exactly. I just wrote that yeah. quote down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, if we could just do one little thing, one small step, right? So, yeah. um, how do you motivate people to start? Like say, you know, somebody's never ran before 
They've been thinking about it. I always say, like, what's that tap, tap, tapping on your brain door? Like, what's the one thing that you've been wanting to do that you haven't done? And a lot of people, it's like an exercise routine. So a lot of you guys listening, it's probably might be running, right? So, like, they're like, I've always wanted to be a runner, but I never have. Like, how? what is the way that you help people get motivated? I mean, I tell them, literally, you just have to run for 15 seconds. And I teach them how to do the run-walk method, which mm. is what most of my coaching is. I would say 90% of my clients, you know, who have done marathons, ultra-marathons, they don't they don't run it without stopping they do run walk yeah. and so i kind of teach that from the very beginning because i think our brains can always do one more 15 second interval or one more one minute interval or mm -hmm. whatever it is so so we just start out like it's literally the same mindset that i use with beginners that i use with my super advanced runners and that's like you're just going to run the interval that you're in mm. <laughs> and then you get to walk for a little bit and then yeah. you're going to run again and then you get to walk for a little bit. And that is for so, for so many people, it's such a relief because I think a lot of us have been taught by the media or by, you know, just the, the running community in general that to be a real runner, you have to be always running. And I'm like, that's actually not true. Um, I mean, I know plenty of ultra runners. I know some professional ultra runners and guess what? They walk sometimes, yeah, right? Like yeah. they run and they walk and they do it because it, it conserves energy and it allows them to go farther. It's easier on their body. Like it's, it's actually just a one way of being a runner. So I just kind of introduced that right away. And when you tell somebody like, you don't have to run for 30 minutes, you only have to run for 20 seconds or 15 seconds. It's like this huge Oh, well, I can do that. Yeah. And so that's, that's how I introduce running to absolutely everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's right. And then some folks do go on to change it up and maybe they run for a minute at a time or two minutes or even five minutes at a time. And that's right. That's absolutely fine. We, I, I teach people to kind of like listen to their body and do what feels good, but there's always this place that you can fall back to that feels like I can yeah. always do yeah. 15 more seconds or whatever it I is. I love that. I actually, this half marathon I did a week and a half ago was the first time I did intervals. So I did mm. three minute run, one minute walk the whole time. And that's how I trained. Game fucking changer. I had right? the best, no, no recovering issues. I didn't have to see my chiropractor at all. Like it was enjoyable. Like when I got, yeah. the, you know, repeating the higher miles as it closer got done, I'm like, I can do 12 miles. It's no yeah. big deal. You know? And like, I... Yeah. And I hosted a retreat for the same weekend for some of my clients and we did it. And I just felt good afterwards. I was like, let's go. Yeah. Like I had, I was full of energy afterwards. Normally that would be like down. I'm like, I can't do anything for the rest of the day after yeah. I run a half marathon. Cause I'm just like shot, you know? Yeah. But this felt so good. And I so bet good. it wasn't, it was probably took you about the same amount of time or yeah. maybe even a little bit less. It right? Was, it was like 30 minutes longer. So like my average oh, really? is like, okay. yeah, but like. I was totally fine with it. I did have to manage my mind on that though, because I had been like what I considered a fast runner, like a nine minute mile before. Yeah. And that's then pretty fast. <laughs> I, I mean, most, most people will never do that. That's I, pretty yeah, fast. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fast. And then I got an injury. I, I like kind of took a small break, like a few months off of running. And then I'm like, started running again. I started looking at how fast I was going. And then I was like 1030. I'm like, fuck that. I can go faster than that. And this is where I kind of fucked my, with myself in my head. And so I went all out after not doing it. And then I tore my calf muscle. Yeah. I know. 
Yeah. So don't be hard on yourselves. Going back to what Jill said at the beginning, like what I used to be able to do was not what I was capable of doing in that moment. And like, you need to be able to listen to yourself on that one in your body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and that's, I I love this story because you're telling yourself, Oh, I used to be able to do that. Oh, but when I was doing that, I got injured. Yeah. So maybe that wasn't right. Or (laughs) like, like, you know, I like, your brain just loves to only remember certain things in those types of moments. It remembers like, Oh, like when people used to look at pictures of themselves, like, Oh, I was so skinny back then. Or, Oh, I was in the best shape of my life 20 years ago, but they don't remember all the self-loathing that they had about their body back then either. It's the same thing. It's like my brain was only remembering that I was, I was running like a nine minute mile. And that this time I, I timed, it was like 1030, but that it came with all those injury and exhaustion and taking a full day to recover. Right. So like there's more to the story that my brain chose to forget about. Yeah. So anyway, highly recommend the intervals for any long race. I think I'll do that again. Um, Yeah. But I did have to overcome my own like self-doubt. I'm like, you're so slow. Your average pace is now 11 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that was not the goal this time. The goal was just to enjoy myself, not injured. And like the goal was to do the intervals. So it does take, you know, it it can be flipped. (laughs) <laughs> so I actually have a great book. It's so funny because I'm using it as a coaster right now. I have a great book to recommend for people who are getting stuck in that mindset of I have to be faster. The mm. whole point of being a runner is to get yeah. faster because that's a thought that a lot of runners have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a book called The Runner's Guide to the Meaning of Life by Ambie Burfoot. Mm. And he won the Boston Marathon in 1968, and he actually, I, my clients and I are reading it right now in our in our membership group. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually talks about how when he first started out as a runner, his whole goal was to get faster and to win and all the things. And as he got older and evolved, he's like, none of that matters. Right. None of that. Right. Like if you want to tie your whole identity to, oh, I'm a fast runner. Like then if you fall and break your leg, you're, you're fucking screwed, right? Because you're not, yeah. So he's like, stop defining yourself by your accomplishments as a runner and start finding the joy and the love and the fun in it. And, and you'll be able to do it for so much longer and, um, and be so much healthier, healthier mentally and physically, if you can let go of all those expectations that, I mean, I just love running so much and I love this conversation so hard because exactly what you just said can be applied in every freaking area of our life. Right. I mean, it's just so good. (laughs) Just like, stop it. Like you get to decide what is successful, right? Like it doesn't have to be a PR and doesn't have to be better than your last race. It, right. It's just, it's all the things. Love it. So and the other question I had was, how do you follow through? Like, say we want to start running or you want to get back to running or maybe you have been running um, and you have a new challenge. But like staying committed to that and following through on, say, like a training plan or, you know, all right, I've got everything mapped out. I have it in my calendar. And like you're just feeling your motivation go and you're just like, I can't even do 20 seconds, Jill. Like, what do you what's your <laughs> advice for just getting out the door when you're starting to feel that way? Or, or a lot of people say. This is what I always do. I'm real excited at the beginning, and then I start to, you know, waver off and taper off, and I, I'm real yeah. good at starting things but not finishing them. So what do you have to say for those people? Yeah, I mean, it's first of all, it's 
totally common and totally normal. And literally every runner goes through. I've never met a runner that was at peak <laughs> excitement for the entire four months of their training, That's right? So that like, they just woke up every day, like, yeah. oh my God, I get to run today. Yeah. Like, it's not a thing. Right. <laughs> so not Nobody a thing. does that. No. Um, so I think what's super helpful is when you wake up and your brain offers you all of the excuses, you know, the, the little Rolodex of like, it's cold out it's raining out I'm tired you can do it tomorrow da, 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 da. I always say like okay I'm ready for this because I, like I always expect it to happen when it doesn't happen it's delightful and it's yeah. like when you it's like when you're driving to work and you hit only green lights yeah it's like that feeling but most of the time like I just expect it and I always I always like pre pre-populate my brain with, I call them counter proposals. So I come up with every single excuse I'm going to have. Mm -hmm. And then I come up with a counter proposal for why it's stupid or why like, <laughs> no, I actually, I don't like to talk to myself like that, but like why it's silly. Or, you know, a lot of times I'm just like, oh, you're just confused. You think you want to stay in bed, but really you want mm -hmm. the way you're going to feel in an hour when you get out of bed. So I have a lot of conversations with myself um, but it usually comes right back down to the minimum baseline. And I always say, you know what, look, you just get out there for 10 minutes and then you can come home. Mm. And there are days where I go out for 10 minutes and I'm like, yeah, I'm a call. I'm a call it. I'm coming home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but most of the time, like when I tell myself to get outside for 10 minutes or get on the treadmill for 10 minutes or whatever, I'm so happy once I do it that yes. I keep going. And yeah. so I think that's it. Like that's sort of my number one life hack is just minimum baseline your way through it because mm. at least like 75% of the time, the minimum baseline is going to turn into more. And at least on the days when it doesn't, you've still kept the commitment to yourself and you've built like that relationship with yourself that you are somebody who does what you're says you're going to does what you say you're going to do. And I think that that's a lot of times when we say like the person you mentioned, who's like, Oh, I always do this right? They just don't have the trust in themselves. So I think the minimum baseline is a really great way to build that trust. Yeah. And then usually it does end up that you work out. And here's the other thing, like when you're training for a race, whether it's a 5k or a marathon, I mean, though training plans are written so that if you do about three quarters of them, of those workouts, you're going to be in great shape. Oh my God. So for the perfectionists <laughs> who are like, I love if this. I don't do every single training run, yeah. I'm, I'm a failure. I'm not going to be prepared. Yeah. No, here's a different thought to think 75% C minus. I actually have never heard that before. And I'm loving that. And my brain is kind of like yeah. exploding right now. Right. It's like, we, yeah. the thing that I develop in my program, probably with you, you know, that not everybody is going to do every worksheet and watch every yeah. video and like do everything perfectly. Right. Like that's just yeah. not what humans do. So I love that idea, like a training plan is a plan. And mm -hmm. if we hit 80%, like we're good. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. so good. Love it. Right. Cause 80%, if you, if you could get over your bullshit long enough to do 80%, like you're so much better prepared than if you allow your bullshit to happen and you only do 20%, cause then you really won't be prepared. Right. And then you are going to get injured. Right. Yeah. And so there's, there's a fine line between perfectionism and <laughs> Right. And like completely giving up. And I think that line is between 70 and 80%. Yeah. Well, I also think it's important, like if you don't follow through, say you just like, fuck it, I'm not going running today, you yeah. know? And like, that was like, maybe it was a, a seven mile or something, right? Like a bigger yeah. one that you needed to get in. You just couldn't get yourself to go. What do you suggest then? 
Like what, like um, I, you know, it's all about like, we got it. We can't be shaming on ourselves and things like that. Yeah. I want to hear you describe it. To well, them. then I would look at it like, okay, what can I salvage? Mm. Right. And so if it's a, if it's, I was supposed to do a seven mile run this weekend and I didn't do it. I, I mean, a lot of times I'll say, okay, well, can you fit it in a little bit later in the week instead of one of your three mile runs? Can you mm. drop out a short run and fit in a longer run? If you honestly can't, like, guess what? It's not, it's not going to break you to miss one long run. Mm -hmm. It's really not like just get right back on the schedule and get right back into it. Mm -hmm. And I think people feel like, oh, okay, well, especially if it's their first half marathon, they're thinking, well, I did my five mile run and I did my six mile run, but I can't do my eight mile run until I do my seven mile run because I won't know if I can do eight miles until I yeah. do seven, right? Like we get it all like twisted up in our heads. And guess what? If you can go six miles, you can go eight miles. Totally. If you can go eight miles, you can go 10 miles, yeah. right? So I think like perfectionism has no place in running, mm -hmm. especially for beginners, because it will, it'll take you down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it'll take you right down. Yeah. So so yeah, like if you miss a long run, see if you can fit it in within a few days. And if you can't move on, right. Yeah. Move on to the next run, manage your brain around it. Like uh, I'm giving you a thought to think, which is in the grand scheme of things, this isn't going to matter. Yeah. Right. This is not, it's not going to break me. I'm just yeah. going to keep going. Yeah. And I like, like a lot of times people hear this kind of advice, like don't beat yourself up and, you know, be nice to yourself and get back on there. And if, and the whole 80% thing, and then they're like, well, in the moment they use that against them, they're like, but Jill and Angela said that I don't have to do this only 80% of the way. Right. And then like, they'll use those as excuses. I just want to yeah. warn you all about that. Like, don't use this as an excuse. Like, just know that this is chatter from your brain and like, you don't have to listen to it first of all. And yeah. you will always feel better if you can follow through on the commitment that you made to yourself, no matter what, like I've never regretted following through for myself on anything even right. if it is just getting outside getting my shoes on and getting out the door for yeah. five minutes and a walk around the block like that's better yeah. than not doing it yeah for yeah. sure for yeah. sure I mean no no when it's your brain giving you excuses versus your body actually telling yes. you to rest like there are times when like you're ill like if you're if you're like struggling to breathe because you've got a really bad cold or the flu or something and you're like, no, no, I have to hit my 80% or right. Or I have right. to hit my like, no, because when you're, when you're running, you're literally taking resources away from your immune system. Mm -hmm. So it can't heal you up as quickly. So make sure that you're paying attention to your body. But like, we know, we, we know. totally know. We totally know. And it's, totally like oh I really should stay in bed and let this illness run its course versus, <laughs> right like if you, you can't know, go it's, to it's work like, you're probably oh, am you're, I sick <laughs> yeah like if you're calling off work yeah. it's probably a good sign maybe you shouldn't go for a run but if you're not that yeah. sick you know I don't know yeah yeah <laughs> that's so exactly good. all right let me see my other questions all right I want to talk about how running and consistency with running gets better like the way you feel about running and your experience with running just keeps getting better and better. Cause I don't, I don't know if yeah. that's true for everybody, but for me, like the longer relationship I've had with it, the more fun I have with it. Yeah. Can you talk about well, that? And I think the longer relationship you have with running, the more you recognize that there are ups and downs that not every run is going to be your best run. Yeah. And the more you're just able to say like, like, Oh, you know, I had a, I had a crappy run today. I wonder why, instead of saying, Oh, I had a crappy run today, everything's falling apart. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
as you build experience with it, with within your body and your capabilities, I think it becomes more fun because you can start, you can start to sort of unclench. Yeah. <laughs> like actually, you know, take like a more, uh, more lighthearted attitude towards it. So, but I think that comes from experience because when we first start running, and this happens with a lot of my clients, they think, okay, well, every week I should be able to run more every week. I should be getting faster. Cause I think when you're a beginner, you do make really big, um, improvements real right. fast. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, and, and we sort of expect that that's going to keep going over time and it does not. Right. <laughs> and then, so there's always that day that, you know, that running feels really hard and you're like, what happened? Like, what have I done wrong? And mm-hmm. so the more, the more you stick with it, the more you're consistent, the more you can kind of build that bank of information in your brain about mm-hmm. what running feels like on different days. Mm-hmm. And maybe you've got your period or maybe, you know, you've got a migraine coming on. Like there's all these different things that we can stop saying like something's gone horribly wrong and say, Oh, like, you know, this is just part of running. And then I think also the more we become, the more we run and like let go of requirements for pace and distance and so forth, the more we can like look around ourselves and say like, Oh, Hey, it's okay if I stop my run to take a selfie totally. or to pet this, I'm like notorious in my neighborhood. Like I will stop running for any dog Yeah, <laughs> and be like, hi, can I pet your dog? Yeah. Right. And I think 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh my God, I'm going to ruin my, my race time. I'm going to yeah. ruin my training time. If yeah. I take this. And now I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like, no, I'm not, I'm not like a Nike sponsored athlete. Like exactly. nobody cares how fast I run. Yeah, no, I was running with one of my clients at the race this past weekend. And I was like, you know, my time is a lot slower these days. Cause I stop and take pictures of the beautiful yeah. colors and the sunrises and like at the trees, like I'm obsessed with trees and running like in the woods. Yeah. And like, if I see the sun shining through the light, like the filter in the morning of the sunlight coming in through the trees in the woods, I'm like, that is a beautiful moment. I'm going to stop yeah. and take a picture. You know, like, yes. yeah, so like making it fun, right? So like letting yeah. go of the seriousness of it, you're out there to enjoy yourself. Like when I think about establishing new routines and anything, it's like, how do we make it fun? And if you're not yeah. having fun, like it's really hard to be consistent and build that relationship and that trust with yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for fun. sure. For I sure. love it. Like I have made it part of my entertainment for myself. It's like part of my pleasure. So like if I put on amazing music. And like, I turn it up and I'm like, it's my free time. And I, you know, I talk about like, like my craziness is like, I would love, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but like a running club, but it's a run dance running club. So we run, Ah. we listen to the same playlist and we're on sync and like, we might like do high fives or like leaps or something, but to the same songs and like you see people running through town and like we're run dancing and synchronous, like in sync. Yes. Yes. I'm 100% on board but with this. When I share this with other people, they're like, you're crazy. I'm like, no. 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 I get it. I totally get it. This makes perfect sense to me. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So if you ever want to do that, I would be all Okay. In. It'll, it'll be our like next business uh, going to partnership on yes. it. I love yes. this. So, so another question. Characteristics of people that have you been able to like identify people that are like, yep, you're gonna get this, and nope, you've you know, I, I've seen patterns in what makes people successful long term or not. Yeah, I mean, the folks that come to me and the first thing they want to tell me is about all of their past experience and how amazing they used to be. Mm. 
lead with that. And like, they're, they're definitely tying their entire identity to how they were in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, you're going to have a harder time getting over this. Cause you've, you've, you've like somebody who's brand new to running doesn't really have as many expectations yeah. as somebody who used to run and is making their past self like bigger than life. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing. Like if you're, if you're thinking of coming back to running and you've got a whole story about how athletic you used to be, like that that's some work that you're just going to need to do ahead of time. And it's not that these folks aren't successful. It's just that I think they don't enjoy it as much when they yeah. come back because they're right. They're telling themselves a shitty story. So yeah. that, um, another thing, another kind of big obstacle for new runners that like, I'm always like, when I, when I see people come to me, I think, Oh, they're going to have to work a little harder mm. is somebody who is, um, has a, like a big concern about other people seeing them running, especially like if they live in a neighborhood and they're like, Oh, I have one client, bless her beautiful heart. She's an amazing human. But when we first started working together, she, um, she wouldn't run outside, but she didn't have a treadmill. So she ran laps around her kitchen Island. And this was pre COVID too. It wasn't like, I love her (laughs) so much. I know. And she did. And she did that for a few months. And then eventually I was like, Hey, what if you ran laps around your backyard? Mm -hmm. Like, what if we just like went in the backyard, there's a fence, like, yeah, maybe the neighbors on either side might see you, but, and she did that. And actually, eventually she did like totally overcome all of it and became this like fabulous trail runner. And now she goes out and she runs like in the woods for helping her through that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was just, I was kind of like, okay, so you're running in your kitchen. It was a new one for me. I had yeah. not heard that before. Like it makes me want to cry so much because yeah. it's seriously not about like everything that we're talking about. We've really not talked about physical issues at all. Yeah. Like this is 100% right. mental, 100% yeah. mental. Yeah. And for sure. yeah, but at least she was open to thinking creatively about it. Like she wasn't like, I can't see anybody. I can't like, let people see me running. So I can't run done yeah. not doing it. Right. At least well, she and did I think that. that's the difference, right? Yeah. Like she was like, I want to be a runner. I don't want anybody to see me running. How can I make these yes. two things happen? And she was creative about it. Yeah. So she had like a mindset that was open to changing thoughts. Yeah. It yeah. just took a little bit yes. um, extra. So and what, do you wanna, the, let, what do you want to tell people though, that might have that concern? Because I, listen, when oh, I was yeah. running my half marathon, I'm like, I had this thought came up in my head. I don't know where it comes from. It just whatever. I'm like, there was glass and window and I saw this really fit runner running next to me, look, checking herself out in the glass, like the reflection, you know? And I thought, I'm not going to look in there because I'm not going to like what I'm going to see. I know. And I'm like, you know what? You're going to look in that glass and you're going to give yourself a high five in the window. And so I did. And of course, like, I, you know, I I moved on from it, but like, that is a real thing that we think about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the, I mean, the first thing is nobody's actually looking at you. So, (laughs) right. So true. Like, think about when you're walking down the street and you see somebody run by, like you register, like, okay, human running towards you and you may notice. I mean, I always notice everybody's leggings and if they're cute, I'm like, Hey, those are cute leggings. But like, other than that, I'm not looking at anybody else saying, 
okay, I wonder how much she weighs. And I wonder like how fit she is, or I wonder how many, you're, not, you're definitely not run. focusing on like body parts moving in weird no. ways, right? Like, no, no, I'm just like, Oh yay. Another runner in cute leggings. Like yeah. this is, this is the extent of my, yeah. So I, I think, and, and I mean, honestly, nowadays I'm like, Ooh, there's another runner. I better go to the other side of the street. Yes. Right? Like, yes. like, I'm just like, ah, I just want to get away. Yeah. Not because I don't have a seam, but I'm like, I don't want to catch the Rona. So, um, but, but for real, like nobody's fucking looking at you. Everybody is so wrapped up in their own stuff. Totally. We are so tied up in our own minds and our own stories and our own thoughts that we really have very little brain space mm-hmm. to give to other people. So sometimes I say to my, uh, my clients, which it sounds a little bit harsh. I'm like, what makes you so special that everybody's going to be staring at you? (laughs) Nothing. You're just another body out running. So good. Let it go. So I, but that's, I think that's like the biggest thing is that we, we mistakenly believe that when we walk, there's a media presence just, you know, helicopters and drones and people with microphones, like wanting to know all the things and nobody fucking cares what you're right. doing. Um, in fact, when people notice you very often, they're thinking like, oh, you know, Mrs. So-and-so is out running good for her. And then yes. they're on to the next thing. So, yes. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, if, if you, this, this is for folks who believe that, you know, okay, I'm okay with running outside, but I have to wear a long sleeve shirt. I have to mm. wear long tights. I can't show my body because I don't, I don't want like the thing that people say to me that just gets me every time is like, nobody needs to see that. (laughs) I'm like, actually people do need to see that because other people need to, we need to normalize like bodies of all shapes and sizes and colors and everything, Mm -hmm. all the things we need to normalize those people exercising in public because you shouldn't have to have a perfect body to be allowed to exercise in public. That's bullshit. And you shouldn't have to have a perfect body to be allowed to wear a tank top when you're running or cute tights or, you know, running in a, just your sports bra, for example, because that's what runners do, right? Like when you are, when you're trying to cover your body up, you're inhibiting your ability to sweat, right? Mm -hmm. You're raising your core temperature. You're literally slowing yourself down. You're actually making it harder. You might get chafing in places that you don't want chafing. Mm -hmm. Um, So dress like a runner. And you're focusing on other things, like besides the running. You're thinking about, oh, what does this look like? Instead of like enjoying your experience or where you're putting your feet or whatever that is. Listen to the music that you could be. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's distracting you from the point of act the actual run that you want to exactly yeah like we just put too much importance on appearance over and above the entire rest of the human experience which is vast right what we look like is just like the least interesting thing about us totally totally thank you so much for that i could not agree more so the wrap (laughs) up on that one was if you were thinking about your past experience as an athlete or a runner and you're comparing yourself to then that's going to be a big obstacle so stop it um (laughs) stop it (laughs) covering your body up because you don't want people to see it or be exposed right stop it and then what was the other one what other people are thinking oh yeah other nobody cares nobody Nobody cares cares. yeah so stop it (laughs) so all of that just stop and you'll be on your way to running and enjoying yourself much faster (laughs) (laughs) exactly I love it. Do you feel like there's anything else we need to cover? 
I mean, I, this is my thing. It's like, I think yeah. everybody should try running. I love running so much. I used to love wine just as much as now that I love running. And that is huge, okay? I used to have wine tastings, and I got married in a winery, and, like, I was obsessed with wine, you know, and I overdrank a lot. And now I'm obsessed with, like, feeling amazing and having energy. So maybe we'll just end on that. Like, what are some of the benefits of having a relationship with running for your health, for your mindset, for obtaining other goals that you might have in your life? Like, how can running help you do some of that stuff? Well, running is amazing for your health. And if, if somebody comes up to you and says, oh, you're going to ruin your knees, they're clearly not a runner. Because totally. I I don't think I, I know a lot of people who have had knee replacements and none of them are runners. So, <laughs> hmm, interesting. Um, so running is just, it's just, it's great for your, for your bone density. It's great for your heart and your lungs. It's great for your brain. Mm. Like, it's just, it's just great for everything. And I think that there's a way that anybody can be a runner. And if you're, if you are somebody who's telling yourself, I hate running, like, I'm like, oh, you just haven't tried doing That's it my right. way. That's what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so running is just so great for you physically. And so I can't even list the, all of the, um, all of the benefits, but I think mentally is where running really shines because mm -hmm. when this is something I, I learned recently that when you're, when your body is out doing the exercise thing, like running and, and running in particular, because it's a very, um, it's a very organic movement. Like you don't need to be taught how to run. You figure mm -hmm. it out on your own when you're yeah. like two years old. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not a thing that you have to give a lot of mental space to like when you're golfing, you're like, okay, am I holding the club? Right. Am I swinging? Right. Am I following through? Right. With running, it's not so much. Mm -hmm. You just get out there and run. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so you're out there and your body is being pumped full of blood and oxygen. And your brain is just like, just being with oxygen and blood and it also has nothing to do because it doesn't have to think about keeping you running and so the creative oh. time and the the mental benefits of running because it, it like it just like washes your brain with all these feel-good chemicals gives it a bunch of oxygen and then there's literally nothing else for it to do mm -hmm. like that's a magic combination and so a lot of people come up with the most beautiful ideas when they're running oh or God, yes. like this is why we feel good when we're done yes. right like it's, yes. uh, it's a good thing. So. The creativity thing is huge. I mean, when I'm running, I'm thinking about my clients most of the time and how like my struggles with running or what I'm mm -hmm. learning and seeing, like, how can I teach that? How can I think about a better way to get to them? Right. And it always comes to me yeah. when I'm running, like all of my yeah. ideas. It's so fucking fun. I love it. Yeah. I just can't like talk about it enough. Like it's so good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So tell everybody how they can follow you, get in touch with you. What you do, like, what do you offer right now? Um, well, in a few weeks, January is a few weeks away right now, isn't it? Oh my God. No, it's more than a few. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it might be um, seven. I'm not sure. I don't know. Right. It's I'll give you double, a double few. I know. So on January 2nd, 2022, I'm going to open up registration for my 30 day running course, which is called the rebel runner roadmap. And it's a beginning class that teaches you not just the running, but also all of the mental tricks that I have to keep you running. Nice. So that's opening on January 2nd, um, right after new year's. But in the meantime, you can follow me, um, on Instagram at not your average runner. You can follow me on Facebook at not your average runner. 
Um, you can sign up for a free 30 day running plan, like a kind of a jumpstart plan. If you go to not your Um, or you can listen to me. My podcast is also called not your average runner. I, I have no it. creativity when it comes to I names. Love it. It's I'm so like, easy to remember. It's all though. the same. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like it's just like running. It's easy. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Any final tidbits, comments? Um, no, I mean, I end every, every one of my podcasts with, I love you, get your ass out there and run. So that's what I'll offer to your listeners as Thank well. Thank you so much. <laughs> they are going to love you. And I hope that this inspires them to come and take your class and get going with it. And there's, you don't need to wait till January either. Just go, just go yeah, over there and start. Go. Just fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, right. Jill. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Wasn't that the best? conversation ever thank you so much jill for coming on the podcast y'all i'm linking up all of the resources including the books that jill mentioned in the show notes so just click through there and i will talk to you next week have a good one